This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast, and welcome to everybody watching us on Facebook Live for what I think is probably the first time that we've recorded a proper Royal Blue Podcast on Facebook Live. Uh, if you're listening to us usually on your podcast platforms a bit later on, then give us a follow on Facebook and uh, we might be doing a couple more of these in the future. But I'm your host, Adam Jones, today joined by Phil Kirkbride, Sam Carroll, Dave Prentice and Connor O'Neill. And it's been a very, very busy time at Everton since we uh, last gathered around our respective uh, webcams. Uh, lots, of, lots of transfers have happened at Everton. Everton have played some pre-season football, of course. And as there has been some developments down at Bramley Moor Dock, but we will start with Sunday night, Everton out in Florida, and they won the Florida Cup, which is a great, great little bit of pre-season silverware. Uh, they beat Milanarios on penalties because, of course, it went to penalties. 10-9 in the penalty shootout, of course, with Asmir Begovic scoring and then saving the decisive penalties at the end of the game. Uh, Phil, you were watching for us back at home uh, as well as, as pre-season games go they are just fitness workouts really aren't they and you know it's a fitness workout against the team that are mid-season essentially that was a that was a good run off for the lads wasn't it yeah and in the 30 degree heat as well so um yeah look as you say it very much is about fitness at this stage of course the manager does want to see things and and he wants to see you know impact and performances but of course you know Benitez acknowledged afterwards that, you know, the players still aren't fully fit and, and you know, we're at least, what, three weeks are we away from the season starting, three and a bit weeks. So, um, yeah, a good workout in that regard. Um, definitely better in the second half than the first half. Um, and the manager obviously reflected that afterwards. Um, impact by the new signings. Um, some of the players, obviously, who have been at the club for a while, less of an impact. So, you know... As much as it is a fitness issue, some food for thought for the manager. And I think, you know, those players that had an opportunity to to make an impression uh, on the new manager and perhaps didn't, you know, you know, let's see if they get more game time uh, on Wednesday night. But, you know, look, as you say, the Colombian side, midway through their season, 30-degree heat in terms of fitness and, and, and getting the minutes into legs, it, it ticked the box, didn't it? And, and we think, fingers crossed, I mean, Famous last words, we think everybody came through unscathed, no reports of any issues uh, at this moment. So uh, if that's the case, then uh, another tick in the box. Mm. I mean, as we, as we say, Preno, you, you don't want to look into these pre-season performances you know, on an individual level even uh, too much. But, you know, you were watching as well. Was there anybody who particularly caught your eye in terms of their performances? As pre-season families go... I enjoyed it because uh, normally they are just fitness exercises and there's not a great deal going on. But uh, no, it was uh, quite a lively game. Significance, um, first half, Milanarios were undoubtedly, you know, sort of the better side. But the changes that the manager made at half time uh, influenced the game and ensured that Everton had a much better second half. And all right, it's a friendly, there were changes galore, so you can't get too carried away. But that's a step in the right direction. That's quite, you know, so heartening. But for me, the most important thing was that all three new signings that came in made significant contributions. Um, I know it's very, very early days and, you know, there were a few eyebrows raised at some of the signings. I don't really get why, because to me, all three of them make perfect sense and all great, great value. 
Uh, but for that to you know for, for them to win the uh, supporters around, you know, the ones that you know have raised eyebrows at the signings, you know, so performing in pre-season always helps. Townsend was arguably, you know, so the pick of the uh, the bunch, you know, so first half performance was excellent, so so unlucky not to score. Damari Gray came on, and then you know the manager explained afterwards how he'd played him in a different role as a number ten to see if he could do that, and uh, he certainly did. He looked very very effective. And then as you've mentioned, Begovic, you know, <laughs> you'd prefer him not to have been as busy as he was, uh, but everything he did, he did very very well, and then. He laid the ghost of Joel Robles to rest. You know, that FA Cup tie <laughs> when uh, Robles, you know, sort of missed his penalty and then, you know, so, well, had his penalty saved and then, you know, so sort of missed when he took his. Begovic did exactly the opposite, buried it straight down the middle and then they made a great save from the Millenarius goalkeeper. So, all in all, it was all very positive. Won a trophy as well. I think the last manager I can find who did that in his first game was Colin Harvey in the Charity Shield way back when. So uh, yeah, all in all, it was it was decent. It was heartening, and you know, so hopefully they can build on that on Wednesday night. Mm. I mean, we'll journey back to talking about those new signings in a sec. But Sam, I mean, out in Florida as well, the atmosphere just seemed absolutely electric, didn't it? And you know, it was so nice to see those US fans who's you've had to wait so long to see Everton come over and have a tour there. You know, it was really nice to see them really getting involved in the day, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously the uh, the enjoyed it, and there's a few people that. We follow on Twitter and stuff. We seem to have a a good time uh, watching the Blues and good to see some of the players enjoying themselves. Well, I've seen a video today of uh, of Moise Keane when John Joe Kenny scores his little yeah. dink, and there's a few little uh, unlikely friendships kind of coming together in the team at the moment, isn't there? What was Jabamon with someone today? Jabamon and Lewis Gibson, Gibson having a nice little chat when they walked onto the picture, didn't they? Well, yeah. Anthony Gordon, Hammers Rodriguez. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, the, the thing is. Uh, You've said there, it looks like people are kind of, especially Hammers as well, it's been good to see him kind of enjoying himself on the tour. Brilliant for those fans to get a, a taste of you know, seeing their team play. I think they got to meet people like Tim Howard and, uh, you know, ambassadors for the for the club like that. So, all, all in all, a sound start. Not been any Blackpool, 3 0 <laughs> Yeah, to get us all woodied. So, riding the uh, feel-good train today. Mm-hmm. I mean, Connor, while we're on the subject of, James Rodriguez there. I mean, that was his first actual game in front of Everton supporters, of course, which is just bizarre to say. He's, he's been here nearly a year and his first match has been a pre-season game out in America. So, you know, it, it would have been nice for him, I suppose, to finally get himself in front of those Royal Blue shirts, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was certainly strange. It was something I wrote last week when I, I seen it on Twitter and you kind of forget just the fact that he's not played in front of anyone. You know, he's not... He's not felt the full love and appreciation for Pat Goodison uh, as of yet, and I think we could see as well from the pictures after the match. He was the he was the star of the show, wasn't he? I mean, I think every one of their players was was hanging around for a photograph for them. There was there was one where I think he was showing an oldest coach of Millimeters how to take a selfie, which was quite the uh, quite the, the quite the clip. But now I think um, it was strange, and I think it's good to see that he's still around and he's still there. He's still like Sam said, they're engaged. Um, because there's been a lot, obviously, a lot of transfer talk around his his future and, and whatnot. But you know, regardless, I think of what happens now, you, you can't knock his attitude. You can't knock his kind of, you know, the, the way he's put himself about. Because he could have, you know, very easily kind of, as we've seen in the past, gone on a bit of a strop and, you know, tried to force things through. But he seemingly just took everything in stride and he's getting down to business, which is, you know, great for Everton. Because ultimately, if he doesn't go anywhere, he'll be a massive asset next season and hopefully. Hopefully, come the first game of the season against Southampton, he'll still be around and he will feel the love and appreciation of a, a pack with us. Mm. 
I mean, of course, Phil, you know, as I say, we didn't we don't want to look too much into individual performances, but you know, Hamez was a bit subdued, I think I think it, it's mm. safe to say, uh, throughout that game. But I think as Connor rightly says, it's it's really good for Everton fans to see him enjoying himself on this tour, doesn't it? Because yeah, they've there've been a lot of transfer rumours over the last few weeks and months. But if he does end up staying, which you know is still, you know, a likely possibility, then he will be an important player in this squad still, won't he? Well, as, as as Rafa said, sort of, you know, in sort of coded uh, coded message, nobody can argue with his with his quality, and nobody can. You know, that's that's Hammers, isn't it? You give him the ball in, in the right areas in the space, and we saw last season what he can do. Doesn't seem so, from what we understand, that Rafa sees him as being an integral part of things going forward. And obviously, they've had the conversation, and we we understand that he uh, he's been told that if the right offer comes in, he he, he can leave. But as you said. And as we've spoken on the podcast before, there's no guarantee. You know, there's no guarantee that Hammers will will have left the football club come deadline day, August 31st. He may still be um, an Everton player. I just just have I just have a kind of nagging feeling that he'll be involved on August the 14th <clears throat> against Southampton. Goodison will get to see him play, and then that'll be it. That'll be the farewell. I've just got this feeling <laughs> that that will be. There will be that there'll be one moment of Pat Goodison gets to see him and then and then a deal will go through. I've just just got a hunch. But um yeah, look, you know, he, he, you know, Rafa Rafa said his fitness, like most players, isn't up to where it needs to be at the moment. He was subdued. Um I suppose it's if if you've been hypercritical, you would say and I guess the different players, but you would say, Well, he was subdued and and it and it will be didn't make much of an impact. Yet when the players who came on at half time Damari Gray, you know Nathan Broadhead, uh, Anthony Gordon, they they made an impact. So I suppose you're kind of asking if you've been hypercritical and you're, and you're Rafa and his team. I suppose you're asking, well, those lads came on and made an impact. Why couldn't you? In you know in similar similar situations. But look, pinch of salt, isn't it? With preseason, we're uh, we're still uh, still very much uh, early days. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Preno, do you think do you find your mind is changed on James Rodriguez's situation at all? Because I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed you know dead certain that he was he was going to leave this summer, didn't it? And it just it hasn't really transpired that way. And now people are seeing him uh, very happy on this tour, seemingly. And you know, I think there's a few doubts creeping into some minds about whether whether his future might actually lie at Goodison Park for the for the time being, at least. Uh, I want him to stay very much so. I've I've always been a, a big Hamid Rodriguez fan. I said before, um, he's got that kind of quality that you know. So Evertonians of my vintage uh, associate uh, with Everton Football Club. You know that class, that you know school of science, if you like. Uh, and we haven't seen him yet. You know, so we've not had the opportunity to enjoy those qualities uh, in front of a decent crowd, and the opportunity for him to know. You know, so how appreciated his style of football is. I was looking back at his, uh, his stats the other day, and last season he made such a significant impact. Uh, okay, he only played was it like two thirds of the games, if that, but he still created so many goals. A lot of them from set pieces, but also really important goals. Um, I just thought it was, you know, it was it was a decent first season, and you know, so having got that under his belt, I think we could build on that even more if he's allowed to stay. But you know, as Phil says, you know, the manager might have other ideas on that. Uh, which I'd be quite disappointed by. You know, so I, I I like James Rodriguez. I want to see him stay and I want to see Everton, you know, so use him. Whether that will happen, who knows? 
the one that was a little bit of a concern for me, maybe, and again, I'm being super harsh here because it was only 45 minutes of a pre-season friendly, but Moise Keane, again, just frustrates me when we when we see him. That was a great chance, you know, so from a wonderful ball in from Luca Dean and, you know, a top striker buries that. And I just, a lot of the, you know, sort of things he was doing during the game didn't seem to have, you know, the, the usual level of purpose that, you know, you'd expect from a, you know, a top class international striker who, as the commentators pointed out to us, is like still the youngest goal scorer, you know, so for Italy's national team. So, you know, he clearly does have some quality, but Nathan Broadhead, for me, made more of an impact when he came on. And yeah, you know, so he's a young kid who's still, you know, learning his, his trade. All right, Moise Keane is also very, very young. But, you know, I just wanted to say a little bit more, maybe. But that's me being super harsh, super critical. It was a pre-season friendly. And to answer your original question, I'd want, I want to see how much Rodriguez stay. I'd love to see him in an Everton shirt after the transfer window. Mm. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. speaking of um, missing in pre-season friendlies, on this day in, in 2019, when Everton went to Mainz and played <laughs> in Germany, I remember uh, Dominic, I think it was against Sevilla, uh, Dominic missed two massive chances in that friendly. Yeah. And part of me, I remember writing the stuff was going, it's a friendly, it doesn't really matter. But you're also saying like Prenos is about Moise Keane. You're going, oh, top strikers, they finished them. But then Dominic went and, you know, went on, you know, certainly after the, the, the Marco had left, went on had a great season and then followed it up with last season. So I guess it's always, you know, we've always got to be careful, haven't we, when we're, we're sort of assessing the pre-season because you really just don't know how things are going to pan out for players as as exemplified by uh, Calvert-Lewin's missing uh, in Mainz. Mm. I mean, Sam, with Moise Keane, do you think there's any sort of any sort of feeling that his head might be elsewhere? Because, I mean, at the end of last season, he kind of made no secret that he'd like to return to PSG. I mean, obviously, it seems that they prefer uh, another loan for him, but that's not something that they're going to entertain at all. They want a permanent move for Keane if he is going to leave. If the right offer comes in, then he might leave. But again, it's as it is with Hammers, there's no guarantee that the right offer is going to come in. But if, do you think his head is 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 full is full of <laughs> wondering about stuff like this still? I think that's the only problem that we might have, isn't it? Is, is that Keane's quite unique for Everton over the last couple of years, and that we could make a quite decent profit on him. You know, it hasn't quite worked out for us in the transfer market the way we might have. Once the two, you know, you'd be thinking, what if we paid 27 million for him? He's just got PSG, helped PSG to a Champions League final. So, you know, scored some good goals along the way. You'd be probably disappointed to get less than 40 million at this stage, wouldn't yeah. you? And, that, and, and Everton could seriously do with that money in reinvesting it. And, you know, the same kind of goes for Hammers as well with his wages. You know, and you'd probably get a, 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 an okay transfer fee there. We've already got, you know, Bernard's wages off the off the books, which was a good start to the summer. My only worry about it all is, you know, if what Phil's saying did come true, you know, if, if it was business being done later, you know, because you could see a situation, couldn't you, where, you know, a PSG just playing a little bit soft at this point and, you know, wanting to do a loan. If it gets to the end of the window and they still need a striker to to come in, you know, they've got the money where they, they probably will end up paying it. So, you know, it might be a case for Marcel Brands and Rafa Benitez where they have to sit tight and that's just why, you know, Gray and Townsend have both came in now to, I don't know, they're the, the filling up numbers, aren't they? You know, I'm, I'm fine with them two coming in, Bernard going out so far. But if Keane goes, I think you'd, you'd need to try and get someone with real quality. You know, if Hammers goes, we would really, really need someone to come in with that real quality because we don't have anyone else really in the squad like Hammers Rodriguez. Not that many teams in, in world football have a player like that. 
So it'll be interesting to see what we do. You know, is it one of them where we have to maybe speculate and, and bring people in now? And the squad might look quite inflated, mightn't it? But then we lose people towards the end of the transfer window. You know, I, that's my only concern. That's a really difficult situation to be in because then if a move for Keane and Rodriguez, say, didn't materialise, then do you have three, four, five players just kind of sitting on the fringes until January, which is, you know, something that I think Marcel Brand has spoken about in the past and wanting that think, perfect squad size, isn't yeah. it, of 23, 24 players. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird one with Keane. I, I do like him. I, I I would like to see him get have one more season, but you know I I do agree with Preno. I've not really seen anything from him in an Everton shirt, you know yet that does persuade me that he is going to be a, a top player. But if 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 he wanted it, you know if 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 he says to Rafa, okay, fine, you know, I'll stay and, and give you a hundred percent. I would be interested to see what he would show because there is that nagging feeling that we're going to sell him to PSG and then in ten years he'll be the Ballon. Winning the Ballon d'Or and winning World Cups and stuff, but you just don't know, do you? Yeah, I can tell I mean, you that he's not winning the Ballon d'Or. Hey, well, there's yes, somebody clicked that. I'll <laughs> <laughs> come back. I'll come back in a few years, won't it? <laughs> well, I mean, Connor, that's all, a lot about potential outgoings from Goodison Park. Let's talk about the incomings that we've had uh, so far this summer: Andros Townsend, Asmir Begovic, and Damari Gray all arriving last week within three days of each other. And, you know, the the reaction I thought on social media was that, you know, they're not exactly the marquee signings that really get pe- people's hearts racing in a transfer window. But it seems that they seem to be, you know, following a following a right strategy, don't they? Yeah, I think that, that was the big thing for me, was that they seem to be signings of a strategy. You, you could see what the club are trying to do. You know, I think like Sam said, there, you've you know you basically replaced Bernard with two players who probably cost less than what than what he or not far off what he was earning alone. Um, and you always need a backup goalkeeper who's got experience who can try and push pushing the wall. We seen that last year with Robin Olsen when he came in with Jordan Pickford, just how kind of much of a kick up the backside it gave it gave Jordan say, in the second half of the season to having someone kind of on your shoulder who, who's willing to who's good enough to go in and, and replace you. But no, I think it, that was the, the impressive thing for me, and I think. This, the kind of social media reaction just showed that you can't win because we, you know, we Everton fans sit there saying, you know, we don't have a transfer strategy, we don't, we don't have this, and Marcel Brands comes in for, you know, because we, we don't kind of get them, you know, low cut gem deals that other clubs do, and yet, you know, there's Everton last week signing two wingers for, you know, the total cost of one two one point six million pounds, who both got you know Premier League experience, both got a point to prove, and yet Everton fans are sitting there going, oh, you know, what are we doing with signing them too? And you think about you know, when we got there and signed players to 30, 40 million, people questioned him and say we're paying over the odds. Now we probably paid under the odds and he's still getting questions. So I don't, I don't think you can you can never win. But in, in my opinion, I think the two really, really good additions, I thought Gray looked really, really sharp on, on, on Sunday. And I think he's you know he's, he's got a point to prove, hasn't he? I think he's got a he's got a but he's got to prove that he belongs in the Premier League. Obviously, having kind of been pushed out at Leicester and I'm speaking of the, the second half of last season by Leverkusen. He's got a real point to prove and you know, Townsend, you know, he kind of is what he is, and he's a premier, proven Premier League player who's got plenty of experience and, and does a job. And I think that's what Everton need. They need players who can come in and do a job that you know they're going to do. I think, you know, you look, certainly look over the last couple of years, Everton have had far too many players where you don't know what they're going to bring to the table on a week by week basis. And, you know, Bernard was certainly one of them. Awobi's probably another one now. You know, even Richarlison, you can probably put under that category where you don't quite know what you're going to get. So having someone like Andros Towns in your squad who you know exactly what you're going to get out of will be a, is a massive plus for me. And 
I think it just you know proves that Rafa's clearly got a, a kind of a way of playing which will involve wingers crossing the ball for our for our number nine to run the end off. I think Connor's hit the nail on the head there, Phil, right at the end, because I think you know these these signings of Gray and Townsend in particular are no brainers to me for what seems like a relatively low risk outlay of you know, two million euro for Gray and you know, getting Andros Townsend for free. We've got two players that actually do fit into the system that Rafa Benitez keeps saying he wants. He wants to provide Calvert Lewin with these crosses, and Andros Townsend is really good at crossing the ball into the box. Damari Gray, we we needed pace. We needed somebody to be direct from the wing, and that's exactly what he brings to the team, isn't it? You know, it's you know they might they might not be these big marquee signings, but they make sense, don't they? Yeah, they do, and 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 just to sort of echo what, what Connor you you've you've said, you know, in terms of. Look, it was forty-five minutes in a pre-season friendly on uh, on Sunday, but he, I was left with the impression that what we saw of Townsend in that forty-five minutes is pretty much what we're kind of going to get. There's no, it's no frills. It's as you say, give me the ball. I'm going to, I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to cross it. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to make runs. I'm going to work hard. Yeah, I'm not a world beater, but I'm an effective Premier League player. Set pieces as well, you know. He, he obviously Rafa knows that he's he's got quality from there, and and I think it was actually I think um, I think Sam had said something around the time we were signing Andros Townsend. You know, it's, I think he, I think he said it struck him as a you know a, a 2004 Moyes signing, and he kind of has that feel, doesn't it? You know, you know, some Premier League player proven something something to uh, something to released by Palace, you know. Really relishing, really happy to take the opportunity to come to Everson. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of comfortable and confident about Townsend's um, Townsend's arrival. And, and Gray, you know, really intriguing one to marry Gray. You know, spent you know relatively next to nothing on him. Still young at 25, tons of tons of Premier League experience. You know, Premier League title winner. Um, but again, as we've said, some something you feel like something to prove, hasn't he? Because he you know went to Germany for, for six months and. You know, he had become, you know, you know, he'd become a bit of a forgotten player, hadn't he? Really, Damari Gray. You know, once really seen as one of the bright young stars of English football, and you know, for whatever reason, things have, have, have faded away for him a touch, and and, and he, he fell out of favour at Leicester under under Brendan Rodgers and went to Germany. But you know, Connor mentioning, you know, some fans not happy that we don't go and sign these, um, you know these bargain deals and, 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 and unearthed players, so to speak. But, you know, Gray could be that one. Gray could be, you know, Gray could be the, the deal of the summer. You know, look, we spent spent much more money on Beg Godfrey, but for me, he was up there with pound for pound the best signing in the Premier League last season. And he was one that I don't think would have been on, well, many Blues radar or, you know, wish lists last summer, but he came in and proved what a player he is. Gray, you know, for a significantly less amount of money, um, c- could be that player. Early days, uh, but really positive on Wednesday night when he came on. And obviously, as we said, interestingly, he came on down the middle. Um, and Rafa's saying that, yeah, he, he, he thinks he can play there. So it's another tick in the box because clearly Rafa sees him as versatile. You know, you can play wing, you can play central, left, right. And that's good. And if you're going to make an impact, um, you know, and, and, and look, let's see. But you know, Alex Awobi would probably say to the manager, stick his hand up and go, well, I can play left or right and down the middle. But, you know, it's about delivering, isn't it? And it's about consistency. And and, and clearly there is, there is some concern there and a question mark from the manager already in that regard. 
the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So I think Preno with Townsend particularly, it strikes me as very much uh, you know the kind of signing that we wanted Delft to be a couple of years ago. You know this sort of experienced Premier League head who's just going to put in consistent performances week on week. He's, as, as Phil said, he's not going to be necessarily a world beater every week, but you know the consistent quality that he's going to bring. Obviously, Fabian Delph hasn't been able to do that over the last two years, but there's early signs that Andros Townsend will be able to do that, isn't there? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you talked about a 2004 Moyes-type signing, and you know the player that obviously you know jumps to mind there is Marcus Bent, who'd like been around and done so many different clubs and then had an absolutely outstanding season at Everton, uh, you know, sort of leading the line effectively on his own. Um, I was quite interested with uh, Rafa Benitez's post-match press conference um, on Sunday night where he talked about Townsend and how he'd analysed his fitness statistics uh, prior to bringing him, him in. And I uh, said that he, I don't know quite how he quantified this, but said he's one of the fittest players in the Premier League last season. So, you know, he's a 30-year-old, but, you know, Rafa's obviously confident in his ability to be consistently available, which is obviously what Fabian Delph hasn't been able to do uh, during his time at Everton. Uh, and, you know, so it'll be useful for him. I mean, he was so, so keen to get him at Newcastle uh, and, you know, basically fell out with the other powers that be there, you know, over his absolute desire to bring him in. And we talked earlier about, you know, he's just going to keep it simple. He's going to bang crosses into the box. There's a lot to be said uh, for players that do keep it simple and are just direct. They get the ball, they create an opening and they get a cross in. And his cross accuracy uh, is very, very good. I mean, again, looking at stats, and I know the old saying, lies, damn lies, statistics. But, you know, his crossing statistics last season were very, very accurate. And uh, that's one of the big frustrations. You mentioned Alex Iwobi earlier. And, you know, for me, why he can't play in a wide position because his crossing's abysmal. You know, so he overhits balls far too frequently. Uh, whereas Townsend, even in that brief showing, you know, so on Sunday night, showed that he's accurate. You know, so he pings balls into dangerous areas. I mean, we might have had a, pen a penalty, you know, so from one of his balls in the, you know, I think the referee decided Moise Keane had handled it in the end rather than a Milanarios defender. But, you know, he just does things that are effective. And it's quite heartening as well to see that the manager is bringing in players that, you know, so fit into this plan. How many times in the past have we had managers that have like brought players in that we don't really quite seem to know what they're going to do with them. You know, we won't go back to the you know infamous you know three number ten summer. Uh, but these are players that you know we need in the squad. We haven't got pace or not much pace in the squad, so that's being addressed. We haven't got players that are capable of banging in you know sort of good quality crosses uh, regularly. So that seems to have been rectified as well. And it was proved last season that a top quality goalkeeper to push Jordan Pickford is uh, is successful as a tactic. So, okay, Robin Olsen's gone elsewhere, gone back. So let's bring in somebody else that can do that. And Asmir Begovic has proved that he can do that. So, yeah, all in all, you know, so three decent additions. And these are in the first signings as well, you know, so that there may be more to come. Uh, you know, so we don't know. I mean, you know, Phil might be able to tell us more about the, uh, you know, the, the Dumfries situation. Uh, but, you know, there, there are other players that we're being linked with, you know, so quite heavily. So maybe more will come. You know, so who knows? Mm. Phil, like, do, do you want to give us any, any sort of brief update on Dumfries. I mean, he's, he's the man of the moment still over, over this summer, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, last, last conversation I had with somebody was last week. Um, and basically, the, the information was he's still being mentioned, but there was a significant question mark over whether it was going to happen. Um, mm. And I think alternatives were being looked at. Um, if I was a betting man, at this stage, I would say I don't see it happening. Um, but 
let's see. Um, that Is that financial, Phil? Is that because of the, the, the fee that's being asked for him? Or? No, I just think it's. The, yeah. I just. I'm not. I just think there's some question mark over whether he fits exactly what what what's required now. Um, look, that, there's been a change of manager, hasn't there? So, different manager needs different things or wants different things. So maybe um, I think there's a little bit of that at play. So, look. It, it was it, it was to and fro and it seemed to be changing sort of a little bit. But as I said, last conversation I had last week was that um, looking unlikely, still being talked about, but more unlikely than likely at this stage. And, and Inter Milan were seen as a sort of really viable option for him. They're looking for a right back, aren't they? After uh, yeah. selling the lads to PSG, so um, look, I'll check in again, and, and if there's an update, we can we can we can provide people with one. But as I said, there was. Um, there was a question mark, and uh, just that. Sorry, f- forgive me. I, mi- I missed his name, but the guy asked about uh, Joaquin Carrera. No idea at this stage. He's probably sixty-six striker. I think we've been linked with so far this summer. So um, <laughs> don't know on that one. We'll ask. But um, I was told priority go uh, before the players went to America. I was told the priority was a right back. So uh, I assume that still stands. So I think that's that's at the top of the agenda. Mm-hmm. It's Matthew Bates who asked about Dumfries yeah, and, uh, and and Carrera, but uh, Sam, I think you know whether it will be Dumfries or not. I think you know it's probably quite right for the club to be prioritising a right back, doesn't it? And you know I'd, I'd say that's probably where Everton needs one of their marquee signings this summer to be, really, doesn't it? Does Cucon Martino have a couple of couldn't we? Right back. Could just pull out my shirt. Well, <laughs> I, was, I, was holding, I was holding that line for tomorrow's paper, but as you said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that is one. And it's it's something that Marcel Brands has done before, isn't it? You know, when he came in, there was quite rightly people were kind of thinking, you know, how could we ever replace Leighton Baines? You know, even for like me and you, we'd pretty much grown up with Baines as I, you know, we'd had like Jolien Lescoff filling in there, Gary Naismith, I think Alessandro Pistone. You know Valente. You know Valente, it was decent. But, you know, Baines just made that shirt his own, didn't he, for the best part of a decade. And I remember thinking, I was absolutely no, you know, especially with some of the transfer records we'd had around that time, I was thinking absolutely no chance we're going to be able to do this. And, you know, Luca Dean, one of the, the best modern Everton signings of, of recent times. You know, when you think back now that he cost about £18 million, pounds, I think if we sold him tomorrow, you'd be looking for £50 million plus, wouldn't you, yeah, for a player of this standard? Yeah. So, you know, Marcel Brands has done it before. You know, can he have the same success rate on the other side? You, you've got to hope so. But if he does, then, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're well stocked we're well stocked up there. And I think right back as well, you know, we just haven't quite had the um, John Joe Kenny. You know, we scored a great penalty on the weekend, but I'd imagine he probably wants to go somewhere. You know, you look at other teams in the Premier League, maybe your Burnley type teams, and he, he could probably go there and play week in, week out. So I don't think anyone <coughs> uh, would begrudge him a move there. So, you know, you're even going to think we could even need two right backs <laughs> this summer, or, you know, maybe similar to what we did with. Um, Niels and Kunku maybe if we can bring in a young up and come one Matty mm. Mallon had a, a, a decent little breakout season yeah um, didn't he mm. someone here mentioning Max Allen someone again you know Godfrey done well for us from Norwich so I think you've just got to trust whatever kind of option that Rafa and uh, Marcel Brands land upon but yeah for me right now I'd probably think you know we've we've done well to, to get you know 
I think what we've done well is early doors kind of doing the, you know, we've done, we've got the squad options in, we've got Gray, we've got Townsend, we've got Begovic. You don't have to worry about that now. You know, yeah. there's no messing around there now. You know, I, I would really like to see, you know, a, a top level right back, a top level central kind of attack and midfielder. And then, you know, maybe a, a, a player, you know, someone we've been looking at now for a few years, isn't it? A, a Richarlison style forward who can play across the, the front line. I think if we ended up with those three players and then, you know, moved out a, a little bit more of the Deadwood sounds a little bit harsh, I suppose, but people like Fabian Delph and stuff, I'd quite like to see them moved on now. Then I think that would be a, a really, really, really strong, if not perfect transfer window, you know, especially mm. if those signings can come in and, and have the impact that Townsend and, and uh, Gray and Begovic have already hinted that they might do with those 45 minutes. But, you know, as Phil said about the, the Moyes things, which which I've mentioned when we signed them, I'm just glad that this window so far, we've signed three lads who are coming in with a bit of a point to prove. Mm. And I've got to, got to show, show, show something even for the share. Do you know what I mean? We've not really got anything to lose with, with these players. They're not costing a lot of money. It's up to them to come in now. They, they've never played for... Apart from maybe Begovic, but the other two lads have never played for a club as big as Everton. And wouldn't it be great if they could kind of reignite their careers or in, in the case of Townsend, show that, you know, he, he deserves to play for a team like Everton. I think he's mentioned as much. But Gray, Gray is a really exciting one. So, yeah, I think right back, centre mid, striker slash forward, then I'd be really happy with that. Mm. Do you agree with that, Connor? I mean, I think we all, we all agree that a right-back should be the priority, but do you agree that you know, centre-mid should should be looked at before the end of the summer as well? Yeah, absolutely, and and, and the forward shows as well, but I think I think a lot in them areas will depend on who we manage to get out, and if we manage to get anyone out, um, I think there'll be areas where it could be maybe, you know, a bit of a trade in terms of, you know, we lose one, we'll bring one in um, type thing, and if no one goes, then we might bring no one in at all. Um, but yeah, I, I don't disagree with what Sam said there. I think, you know, the the more fresh bodies that we can get in there, the better. Because I think you, you look at last year, you know, the impact of the, the lads who come in last year adds on on giving everyone kind of a, you know, a breath, do a breath of fresh air and give everyone a lift. If we can get that again this summer, hopefully that'll, you know, again, kick us on again and we can kind of, you know, move, move become top eight, top six contenders. But I, I feel certainly in the, the, the forward past the pitch, I think now it'll be a case of if one leaves, why maybe one will come in. But I don't think there'll be priority areas for the club. I think, right back will, will be the one and then you know hopefully if we get a right back in no sooner rather than later then that might open things up but I, I can't can't see the club focused on too many positions just now the royal blue podcast from the liverpool echo off the pitch i think it's i think it's time for us to talk about you know what was yesterday a really historic day for everton you know uh, everton finally taking control of the site of Bramley Moor and work has officially begun on uh, Everton's new stadium project. Uh, I went down there and you know, it was pretty it was pretty quiet, to be honest. You know, it was just a few good vehicles going in and out, nothing nothing too exciting happening. But Phil, that's that's kind of what we expected at this point, isn't it? And we've we've written as much at the start of the month, I think, that you know, we might not see uh, proper construction works taking place until towards the end of this year or maybe the start of twenty twenty two, isn't isn't that right? Yeah, well, maybe if, you, if you'd gone down with your spade, Dad, you maybe could have joined in. And, well, know, maybe. <laughs> you know, got the ball rolling a bit. But uh, no, that's right. It's, um, you know, I think Colin Chong last night, didn't he? He'd said, you know, they won't sort of formally break ground as it, as it were until August. But 
they've taken control of the site and as you said doing a load of sort of preparation and and um low-key stuff but stuff that's got to happen before you know the more exciting um more exciting work can begin um i think the club were announcing announced last night forgive me if, if i got this wrong that uh, confirming that there'll be uh, a webcam at the site and and yeah. you know just be this like constant footage that you can view and i mean version of big brother i think we'll just be like glued to it won't we <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, you know no, minimal work will be getting done in the next three years Preno, just to let you know um, <laughs> but yeah no it's a, a huge day you know fairly low-key sort of uh, announcement to market but understandably so you know there's been a lot said and, and a lot written and, and and put out there in recent weeks because um it was a huge a huge announcement when when, when they knew the date they were going to take control um and they're just they're just going to get on with it now and and and, and it's going to be it's going to be a great sort of uh, a great watch and um you know every 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 milestone you know in every you know the, the first whatever that you know when they filled the dock and then the first sight of of, um, of the framework of the state you know every little bit's going to be huge um and momentous in its own way and obviously the first start will be next month when that spade goes in the ground and i'm sure they'll have the usual dignitaries from everton and you know hard hats high vis jackets you know and all the usual photo op but um great no just brilliant isn't it i mean it's just been it's still it's still remarkable that it's happening in many ways because you almost don't believe it but it's but it is and it's they're on the way and you know huge credit to the football club and the people behind it for for getting it to this point and you know, roll on three years' time and we're in there and incredible. Mm. Brano, were you maybe a little bit surprised at the low-key nature of it? You know, especially on social media yesterday, I think there were a lot of people expecting, you know, reams of new pictures from Bramley Moore or some some sort of update from the club. Obviously, Colin Chong's blog came along at about 7pm, I think, last night, but wasn't really anything leading up to that, was there? Were you, were you maybe a bit shocked by that, or was that kind of what you expected? No, not really, because the club have been incredibly sure-footed uh, throughout this whole procedure. You know, they've managed this uh, immaculately, as far as I'm concerned. And because, uh, as you've said, there wasn't a great deal going on there yesterday, yeah. I don't think there was a great deal that, that they could put out there. Obviously, Colin Chong, everything that he says is you know, eagerly gobbled up, and he always speaks very, very well. Um, but you know, what's the old saying? A journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, and this was that single step. You know, it's um, a lot to happen. I think it's just a question of you know, sort of planning the uh, uh the, the land and you know, so what they need to do first before they can actually you know, sort of physically start construction work. And you know, we've seen you know, built you know, vehicles on the site. You know, we've seen we've seen cones getting moved around quite a bit, which seems to be like you know, <laughs> something that, you know it's used to beat Everton with. Uh, but no, it's, it's it's exciting. It really is, you know, because everything that has been said about this as, as being positive, um, you know, there's been a little bit of cynical, you know, a few cynical comments right at the outset, but they seem to have disappeared now because, you know, so people are on board with it. People are really, you know, so excited and enthusiastic about it. And, you know, so we should be. This is history. We are seeing history in the making here. And I know, I'm sure, you, I think you were joking, weren't you, Phil, about not doing any work for the next three years? <laughs> <laughs> It is, you know, it, we are witnessing history in the making. And, you know, all those like old, um, you know, sort of files that we've gone through about the move to Goodison Park and the famous 1892 meetings and stuff, you know, so that, you know, the, well, boring 
people like me, you know, so I like to go through. Uh, but we're actually seeing played out in front of us now. And, you know, so what the Tottenham fans actually went through, you know, when they were seeing that incredible stadium, you know, so rise up from, you know, so the ashes of White Hart Lane. Um, we're going to see the same here. And, you know, I drive, well, when we were in an office, I used to drive that way into work every single day. Uh, I might just have to make that journey more frequently now anyway, even though we're not back in the office, just so I can, like, you know, so create my neck out the window and just see what's going on. Because it, it's exciting. I'm genuinely excited about it. Uh, and I get that Everton don't want to get too carried away and they want to try and downplay expectations, not because of any doubt that things are going to happen, but they just don't want to commit themselves to, you know, so particular timelines when, you know, as we know, you know, so things can be interrupted, you know, so things can happen that they weren't anticipating. But as I say, everything they've done so far has been very, very sure-footed. Uh, and so I'm thrilled, you know, and it's announcements. It was a low-key announcement, so be it. There'll be much bigger announcements, you know, so in the uh, the months and the uh, you know, years to come. And certainly when we start seeing, you know, excavations take place and we see the dock actually being filled in, which is the most important thing to happen first. We can get even more excited, but yeah, it's a significant landmark, and let's just enjoy it. Mm. I think Brennan was right to mention Spurs' new stadium there, because I think especially the webcam idea that Phil uh, mentioned earlier—that was something that Spurs Spurs did with their stadium as well—and the fans absolutely loved that. I remember, you know, I was back when I was working for Football London, fans were tuning into that webcam every single day just to get just to get the latest updates on, you know, just anything that's happening at the site. And you can already see that that's definitely going to happen with Everton as well, isn't uh, it? Yeah, I think we'll all be uh, we'll all be closely tuned into that, won't we? <laughs> My most exciting thing is when, I think it was Phil, who done the piece about the water taxis. <laughs> because I can just, yeah. I've already planned my route, like starting the Black Horse. Okay. And if you could maybe get to like the Leeds-Liverpool Canal, <laughs> water taxi, water taxi straight to the ground. <laughs> so that's all, that's all I'm going to be thing in really yeah yeah and uh connor i mean is it is it a trip that you're going to be making a bit more regularly in the future down to bramley more to keep getting updates yeah i think everyone every family won't do i think like Perron says it it is just genuine exciting i think you know for us as sad as it'll be to leave goodison because obviously you know we've we've all grown up with goodison i think it's been a massive part of of our football and you know experience and history i think you know this will just be unbelievable for the club and and for every Everton fan to, to, to be there, and I think you know it'll be it, it's going to be great to see it rise, isn't it? You know, be basically be built and and start from nothing, and basically you know hopefully it'll end up with you know as well watching a successful team in, in years to come. But yeah, I think every Everton fan will be taking numerous trips past Bramley Mordock to see what to see what's going on over the coming weeks, and you know you, you've got to feel for some of the people that think will be working on that site because. A, they won't get a minute's peace, and B, with that webcam, there won't be any slacking going on, will they? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be, they'll become celebrities. You'll get to know them. You'll just see them being on the vans in years to come. Yeah. Hey, hey, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, well, nice, uh, nice, positive, and exciting line for us to for us to finish our podcast on. I think, lads, uh, we'll be back a little bit later in the week to reflect on Everton's second preseason match of the of the summer, taking on Pumas at the Camping World Stadium on Wednesday evening. Both me and Phil uh, will be covering that for for us, so stick around and keep up with our updates on that. Uh, we'll be back uh, on everywhere that you catch your podcast from. Hopefully, we'll be back on Facebook Live uh, at some point in the future too, if, if this has gone down well and you've all enjoyed it. I think it's something that we can definitely look at doing a little bit more in the future. But thank you for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.